What up, TLA fam? Oh, I'm a little out of breath right now. Been running to get here. Had to get my son set up. He decided he wanted to eat at the very last second. So to run up there, get him set up, make sure everything good. Come down here to talk to you fine folks tonight. How's everyone doing out there? Uh, we're going to be having the owner of Crafted Culture Brewing out of Columbus, Ohio, uh, my main man, Sizzle. He's coming on for a little bit today uh, at some point to talk everything Crafted Culture, um, talk the science of brewing, and a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. I got a woosah. You know, give me some water. But um, I'm also going to be trying G4, new G4 Blanco Premium. It is their high ABV. It is their 45%, aka 90 proof. Um, they did something different with this. It's produced by Felipe Camarino. Camarina. Uh, they did something different with this. I cannot remember what they did different with this. Um, but yeah, it's out of Nam 1579. Um, so yeah, I'm be drinking that as well. And then I'm gonna pour up, give my thoughts on some Fortaleza Winter Blend 2022 edition. I've already tapped into this, as you can see, uh, but this is the 2022 edition. I have the 2021 edition right behind there. So I may do a comparison, it just depends on how much I want to drink tonight. And I also have the new Lagunitas annual release. It's their Willet Ties. So it's their coffee stout aged in rye oak barrels. And I'm telling y'all, as a rye guy, this shit fucking hits. Um, you get that hint of rye and that deep coffee mi mixed together. When you're first drinking it, it punches you so much harder. It has that strong coffee stout. Um, honestly, it's not like a breakfast stout, like an oatmeal stout. Uh, it definitely has that barrel influence and has more of the, uh, like a, this, the dominant flavors in this are the coffee and that rye influence. And when if you drink beer, you gotta try this one out, the Lagunitas, Willetized. Um, this is definitely something that I'm gonna buy some more of. I think I only paid $14 for it, $14 for a four pack. So, you know, not that bad for a four pack. Obviously there's their annual release. A lot of other people that have their annual release, they come out with, uh, I do love some Lagunitas. Yeah, this is, I mean, if you love Lagunitas and you love Stout, this is their version. It's pretty damn good. I'll be honest with you, 
I first, when I first cracked this open, I first had like a couple sips of it. I didn't have anything to drink, anything like that. You know, I'm still, I was still mainly in dad mode because I'm helping my, helping my son with, uh, with his homework. So, um, so when I first had it, I'm like, okay, this shit is a little off. Like I wasn't expecting it to punch that much. I wasn't expecting it for it to be a, like a legit strong stout. Like I was like, okay, it's Lagunitas. Like they make, you know, stuff, but, um, how about the E.H. Taylor blended barley wine stout. I am not, but that sounds absolutely amazing. I've never even knew that it existed. Never knew. If you have some down there, I will happily send you the money to send me up, um, send me up a package of it. What up, Kenny? By the way, Edwin, Kenny, if y'all want to hop on, I'm waiting on Sizzle and uh, I'm waiting on Sizzle and Window. So when both of them come on, sending you a pic. All right, cool with me. I mean, do y'all do y'all have it down there? Like, do you have it down there where you can buy a four pack for me and send it up? Uh, but no. So waiting on them. Sizzle is uh, he's gonna be he's not gonna be able to join the whole time. I don't know if it's he's gonna be able to join later in the night or to start and then, but he's gonna be on here at some point tonight. So Kenny Edwin. I'll send you in putting the baby down. Um, there's main man window. Let's see, trying to get him on here. All right, there we go. What up, bro? I can't hear you. Hold on. Hello? I can't hear anything. I can hear you now. Hello? All right. All right, cool. You got the headset now. Well, I just cut them off. Um, they going, I've been trying to cut them in and cut them out, so I guess it was halfway. Okay. So I'm like, I'll just come on. <laughs> All good. Now, um, so, so Sizzle's going to come on at one at some point today. Um, okay. He said that he's not going to be able to join us the whole time, but um, but he's going to join us at some point and uh, and stay for the duration that he's available to stay. Okay. Um, we so, so I was just talking about the stout that I have. This Lagunitas uh, Willitized okay. Coffee Stout Aged in Rye Oak Barrels. Yeah, I had the Willitized before. Long yeah. time ago, though. How is it? It's hidden, man. Like, one, two of these, like, they're, they're not hidden, like, they're not hidden, like, your beer, but it's like, I didn't, so when I first sipped it, I was I was uh I was helping my son with his homework. Okay. And when I first sipped it, I'm like, damn, like this shit is like it punched me in the fucking face. <laughs> like, 
I wasn't expecting him to be that strong. You know, um, the ABV is 13.1. Okay. The ABV on this. All right. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting that. I thought it would be, okay, like a, you know, it's Lagunitas. Like, what their brews are like, what, 5%, 6%, something like that? Well, they got a they got a range, you know. Got a, they got a few in that range you at. Okay. I but normally they're in that, you know, that under 10 range, they got a, quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I thought it was, you know, I thought it was going to be around that range. I didn't think it was like it didn't hit me until Edwin just asked what the what the ABV is to ask. Edwin, uh, what up, sisters? Edwin, if you can hop on, man, send me a request. I know you got the I know you got the baby, so I don't know. I don't want to send you the request and, and your wife, you know, want to punch me or whatever. What up? Who killed Kenny? What's going on with your player? Oh, yeah, I'm living over there. Hey, good. I'm having a good time. <laughs> you know, I'm waiting to see what this announcement is talking on. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting to see it's not this announcement hitting the box. <laughs> he, he hit me in a text. He said he let me know that he wouldn't be able to join the whole time. So I didn't know if it was uh, early in the day, you know, early in the live or, or later in the live. But um, I don't know. Like, there's a certain portion of it I'm going to wait for him to get on. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just talking shit. <laughs> no, 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 we can talk about some of it because this window I already know I'm getting, I'm starting to get back into, you know, like really consulting and, and helping brands really grow using my contacts and everything. So we talked about that. Um, is that the, the Master Nobel? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about that. So we're, you know, we're we're looking to make it a deal in that way to help help with the uh, the growth strategy here in Chicago. Um, he is going to be coming to TLA members only. Uh, we're just working out the details on that. So if you are a TLA members only member, you're going to be able to get craft a culture brews. Uh, with your t with a TLA discount coming up very soon. Um, okay, beginning. Yeah, so we're gonna have and then like another thing we're gonna do is he's gonna have like maybe he makes a limited edition or he has like you know some cases that he's like okay I wanna you know I wanna use as a as a uh, TLA special you know. Saying like, okay, we have I have six cases of this, and you guys will have a week to buy to buy those cases at that discounted price. So we'll bring that to TLA, get you guys some discounted craft of culture brews, uh, on multiple different scales, and then the rest I'll I'll wait for him to join for us to really Go dive in. I guess I need to go ahead and pour up something to drink on. Yeah, because there could be some stuff offline I'm, me and you going to be talking about. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. You know to call me, man. Yeah. Trying to work on options. <laughs> Let's do it. Just work on the options, work them out, talk them out, 
weigh the benefits, weigh the cons, and we go from there. You know, um, that is one thing that I decided that I'm happy that I decided to make that's a portion of TLA that a lot of people don't know about that, but that I am about to talk about a little bit right now is like that, that consulting side, like the, the, you know, helping with the brand growth side of things, you know, that shit is fun as hell to me. You know, I, when I was doing it in the corporate world, it was like, okay, this is fun. But like, I had to always like, make sure I don't say this or make sure I don't say yeah. that. Make sure that this contract is in place. And, you know, but like the difference in the, the, in the liquor industry, the liquor and tobacco industry is like the, the art side of things, you know, the creation side of things play a lot more, the mental side of things play a lot more into the business growth as opposed to the exact X's and O's. Yep. You know, so I'm happy I added this to a portion of TLA. But when when we gonna see your bruise, man? When we gonna see your bruise? Both of y'all's. Kenny, I didn't even try one of your bruise. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm actually putting some. I actually just talked with um one of the homies today, and yeah, we, we, I'm waiting for him to come back. But we got something going on. We're gonna do some uh, college kids around. Uh, I'm actually putting together a recipe. Uh, I'm just about finished with it, to be honest with the hip hops collab. So it's it, gonna have some stuff coming. Gonna have some stuff coming coming your way. <laughs> yeah man. Me, I, mean, I got Yeah, I got twenty gallons of that uh Bolly Wine Bracket. I got the the ale version of the cranberry uh purple sweet potato. That's about dark. Um the bracket version of it is right behind it. So right now that's chilling. I got to add the cranberries pretty soon. I did the sweet potatoes after I propped it to the bright tank. So I got to check that because, you know, I was up in Virginia for the beginning of the week. So for my job. So now I'm back trying to catch up. This last two days have been hectic. So I got to touch on all that this, you know, through this week and week. I had to auto small um, the wine cappers. Yeah. I had to auto small that. So that's here. I mean, I got enough bottle to bottle some stuff up, but I'm about to get some more um, bracket bottles. Um, so I'm probably going to split it between both of them for now until I got more coming in. Um, I got to finish creating the labels for those. I'm about to do a test batch for um, for B Rick T. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm going to do two versions of it. Um, the regular version, I'll probably test out with my man right there for his February thing. And then I'm going to do a barrel version of it for uh, Barrel and Flow. So I'm going to do a little testing of it. But basically, I'm going to make uh, my version of a iced tea. All right. So it's going to be a single malt uh, black tea. There's going to be a bracket, so for the sweetness, it's going to be honey. Um, and I'm debating if I'm going to make a lemon sweet tea. So it'll have lemon pills and lemon, so it'll be so a similar to like a bracket. Sweet tea. It'll be similar to that. So it's going to have the pills, 
But I know for some people that's too much. So I'll probably add more of the lemon juice to it to even it more out. Um, so that'll be the regular version. And then I'm going to do a barrel version for Barrel and Flood. Well, I would say, I would say do both, man. Like, like, fuck, like, do one for, like, the people that love, like, the extremes of, of your creations. Like, I would want that one where it's, like, the limoncello combined with, like, a great tea. Like, there'll be, like, a hibiscus lemonade, in essence. Like, a like alcoholic hibiscus lemonade. Like, that sounds dope as fuck. So, you know, so I want to, so I'm going to make a test pass to play with the version to see how I like it. I mean, I got two ways of thinking about it, so I'm going to try it both ways on my small scale, you know. Um, but then I'm going to do, like yeah, I said. Huh? Uh, Black Ball uh, said tea beer. Like, yeah, a tea bracket, a tea beer. A tea, no, a, a tea limoncello. Not, you know. So, you know, it, it'd be in my normal range. Uh, Cheers, pie. So. What up, pie? Hmm. Got to come up with a, you know, a nice label for it, but we're going to call it B Rick T, you know. So it's basically Brick T, but it's going to be a, a B, yeah. Rick, and then a, the capital oh, letter T. Like Brick your, T. Your honeycomb, like your honey, like your logo. Yeah, we're going to play with it, but it's going to call B Rick T. So it'll be like Brick T, but, you know, but it'll be a B for the B. Yeah, so it'll have a B for the B, and then Rick, and capital L's, capital R, I C K, and then capital T. So, but so that'll be my version of Brick T. Oh man, you gotta make it a like you have to make it as strong as this limoncello. Like trust, me, like bro, you need like when you get legalized, and you can sell this shit legally, like then I can make a version like that. No, I told you I got this, ideas in my head. And plus, I'm making a, a a hummingbird bracket for Barrel and Flow. So I'm going to be doing that soon. So that's basically uh, banana. So that's basically banana, pineapple, and uh, pecans. Mm. Bro, you come up with some crazy stuff. Sound like some good shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, they make a cake. They make a cake version of that. So I'm going to turn that into, uh, you know, a drinking experience. Yeah. Okay. Sliding right. sliding your DMs on that one, Shred. Yeah, yeah. Actually, sure that's not too far from me. That's like four hours. So that ain't that far. No, I'm saying I said it. I said it's not that far from me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that far. So yeah, what's up? I'm Yoda with playing. What up, all the new people? What up, Yoda? Pi didn't want to join until we get sizzling here. Anyone else want to join until we get Sizzle in here? Uh, just send a request. Uh, right now, we're just talking. We're just bullshitting and talking. Uh, yeah. You know me. I just tried some crazy stuff. You know me. I got. I told you, I got ideas for days. I'm making, I'm making a different version of Samel probably this month also. I'm going to okay. use a different honey. Uh, and then some of that, I'm going to do an experiment and make a limoncello out of it. Because eventually I want to do it all for my stuff. So I'm going to make a Savelle, a Samel version of limoncello. Mm. All right. Okay. Hey. Sound like some interesting stuff. 
<laughs> Look, man, I'm happy to be your taste tester. And just just send fucking boxes. You know, send, <laughs> send bottles, you know? So this right here, <laughs> you can see how it sticks and slides down a glass. So this is the cranberry sweet, purple sweet potato ale right here. Yeah, that L looks. So this crazy. is this is the lumberjack. So you see how dark it is. Yeah, that's as dark as this. Yeah, and the other version is is as dark, but the tastes are different. Even the mouthfeel is slightly different, but it clings to the glass too and slides down. Mm. All right. And then, I, of course, want, this is the barley. This is the barley wine right here that you can kind oh, of see through. That looks fire. So that's the barley wine bracket right here. So this is at 21. This is at 21. And the bracket's at 22.5. I mean, you can sit it whenever you want to send a package for me to taste test, you have my address. Yep. You know, so as soon as I get it all in bottles, you know, I'm halfway, I halfway got um the you know, the blueberry is halfway packaged. Like I said, I had to wait for some more bottle tops and stuff. So, nice. uh, you know, on my printer, as you see, I got a whole bunch of labels printed. So I got to start labeling some more bottles. So I got to make cases right now. So I got about the cases of 12, and I got probably about six or seven of them already boxed up. So just trying to box them up. Box them up and get them out. Works for me. Hey, man. I want to, you know, I'm happy that there's sales and everything already of that, and they're getting ready to get sent out. You know, uh, I want, I'm just happy that my logo was on there and be a part of a, you know, Brick Terranian Beer Hub beer. Like, that's pretty dope to me, you know. And, and for everyone to be like, oh, Tyler had a great fucking idea to add blueberries to this. <laughs> What's that? They get to piggyback off it real quick. No, I just I like collaborations. Um, so I have a collaboration with Master Bell. I have one with Codigo for uh, for a liquor store I used to consult for, and um, now I have it for Brickterranean Beer Hut. You know, I just think it's I think it's pretty dope. Uh, to be a part of, um, and you know, I, I have some other things coming down the pipeline that I just think is cool as hell. Like, so one other thing that we may have myself and Jason, uh, we're talking. To, we've been throwing around an idea of of accepting this offer to to be a part of a hot sauce. Okay. Where, They'll do, like, the TLA and Suburban Bourbon Dad logo for, like, for the tequila base. So it's a tequila-infused hot sauce, and they'll have the TLA logo on there. And then it's a – and then we're talking about a bourbon-based hot sauce as well. That would either have the TLA logo on there or uh, the Suburban Bourbon Dad logo on there. So I just like collaborations. I think those are pretty fucking fun. To do that, and then, you know, I want 
my main goal is to have a tequila, like, well, not my main goal, but one of my goals now is to have a tequila with, like, my logo, a part of the label, like, you know, have my color scheme and my my logo as, like, the, the main label, and then be, like, special edition of such and such, you know? Have you thought about What's that? Have you thought about, you know, making your own tequila one of these days? There's there's some things in the works of me. So I don't want to have my own label. I want to be a part of multiple labels. I want to be a part of multiple businesses. Mm-hmm. Now, all right, I'll put my business hat on, my wealth growing hat on. <clears throat> if If you're a person that does not want to own your own label in itself, which, you know, um, which to me, there's different people that want to do that. You know, and I'm all for people that want to own their own label because I have this. TLA is mine. And then I'm branching out to be a part of it. But TLA is mine. You know? Mm -hmm. So, so I 100% dig someone, you know, people wanting to just have just theirs, you know. But to me, I want to have mine but I also, what up, Black? What up? Uh, What's up? What up? what up, folks? But I also want to have like different portions of different brands and have just my logo strategically placed on on these spe- on different special edition models and stuff. You know what I mean? Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm a chocolate. I'm going to slide in your DMs one of these days. Uh, they got I'm going to put LeBron on one of them labels. I'm going to pie. I'm going to have LeBron on it. Now, but yeah, Kenny, I'm sorry. I, I just but, no, no, you're good. I'm going to have to See, Kenny, he wants that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I want. So, hey, Asia, Asia, I text you back. I got, I got some great ideas, Asia. Um, but uh, what's so, up, Asia? Who did your back? Oh, she was over here. You know, I have, I have a great network with a good amount of money that is looking to invest in businesses as well, and I just open it up even more to to my network. And for the for the right businesses with the right business plans and you know the right opportunity is definitely you know there's definitely some stuff there. There's definitely more that we can expand on. You know what I mean? Uh, any information about Mandela tequila is it good? I have I've tried Mandela tequila. I do not have a bottle. I can tell you the flavor profile of it. Um, to me, I like it in the flavor profile that it is. It's, it's a sweeter tequila. To me, it's, it fits in that dessert tequila category. Um, and when it comes to the sweeter tequilas, I think it's one of the better sweeter tequilas. It's on the sweeter side. It's not as sweet as Aditivo. Uh, but it's not as peppery as like a Dos Artes 
or at Amagura, well, Dolce Amagura. But I like it. I mean, you know, a lot of people like it. Um, I like it. B, B loves Zadativo. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, and then the, and like Pi said, the bottles, the bottles are pretty dope. Like, the bottles they cut, that, that, uh, that Mandela puts their tequila in, they're fucking dope as hell. So. Yeah, I found the bottles I want for the Samel when I start legally making that. Yeah. Hey, listen, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know nobody's name, but dude, what you were saying earlier about that that hibiscus or that tea, I need to try that. <laughs> I need to, I need to try that. That's something different, something that ain't out here right now, man. And 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 what I liked about that, only two percent of the breweries out here in the world are African American or or minority owned. So. Yeah. If you ever make that beer and you get the chance to sell it or can get it to me, just let me know, dude. Like I'm here to support. Okay. That, that that sounded outstanding, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, if you've never so so, Wendell, I'll I'll let you talk because I gotta go get a bottle because right. I mentioned. So I'll let you talk about what you do. Yeah. So um I'm I guess some say I'm a mad scientist. So, I mean, I've been trying different combinations. I'm more into the bracket side, but I do make my versions of beer. I brew it. I usually brew 20% and up. So most of my brews that I make are 20% and up. Um, Some of the ABV? Yeah, that's that's my stuff. Like this right here. Now my lumberjack right here. This is sitting at 21. I got okay. it. No, I got a bracket version of it sitting at twenty two and a half. Um, this is this is my barley wine bracket right here. Dual enforcers. Um, so this one is sitting at twenty one. Um, so let me, so let me ask this question. So do they taste like they twenty one, or they taste a slightly slightly below it? It depends. Some I'll say taste below it. Um, they go down easy. Um, all my stuff is non-carbonated. Um, I mean, Kenny had tried it. I made one at 25%. That was my double barrel age. Um, uh, I, I mean, I have one at 28. I mean, I have some of my bracket. It's a limited edition bracket that's sitting at 32. Um, so I got to get the stuff, and then I'm dabbling into other things. I got a 47.5% limoncello. That I make every so often. Yeah, the reason why I ask is because I'm getting into brewing too. Um, I just did a collab with a brewery and, and uh, brewed my recipe uh, okay. last year, and so we're trying to we're trying to brew it again on a seven and a half barrel system, and we want to try to, to dial it down to three different types of um, types of beer. We want to have a base, then we want to have a um, a beer that tastes like a German chocolate cake, which includes okay. coconut, vanilla, and um, uh, peak, uh, pecans, and then we want to have another variant of that beer. So, um, the reason why I ask is because I'm asking the, the brewer to double boil it, and he was like, "Well, we're in North Carolina, we can only get the ABV up so high. It's already 11 percent now." And he was like, "In North Carolina, we can't get it over 15." So he was like, "I, I really don't want to double boil it because we couldn't sell it, and then we have to lie about the ABV." So, so I kind of understand where you're coming from from that perspective, but I was out there in Wisconsin, man, and I had a beer that was 27%. That's the highest one I've ever had. 
and that beer tasted exactly like fucking liquor. I was like, that's not beer, that's liquor. Like, yeah, mine, that's don't, mine don't taste like that. I mean, I had something out of my house too. I bought something okay, that at seventy five percent and sixty seven and a half. That tastes like high test. Gotcha. High test, gotcha. liquor. you know. That mine is mine just tastes like what it is, but stepped up. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. so right now, so right now, what's your what's your favorite type of beer to brew? Mine. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really do a style. You know, it's it may be a riff on the style, but it's my style. You know, so it's gotcha, not gonna be gotcha. exactly the same. But I would say, if you want to say style, I would say a bracket. Okay, that'll probably be the easiest thing. Um, but you know, I can't really collab like most people do at this stage of the game or uh you know i keep a lot of stuff close to the best is just i spent time figuring stuff out and i'm not just going to give it away right you, know? and you don't have to do a collab man you can do um what they what do they call it man it's not a collab but it's uh but you got to buy out the space is um contract I mean, nope can't do that either i mean Why only only thing i could probably do is uh alternating proprietorship if i can find a place to do it i'm not giving up nothing because most, so with the, even you can say a lot of a lot of companies can't brew big beer. There's a few right. out there that so, can, but it's not that simple. Okay. So and I, also I my, the way I do it is I go get the whole grain of brewing. I don't do what everybody else does. I'm just gonna say, it. you know. And then I've been basically propagating my yeast since I started. So it's tailored to what I do. I ain't giving that up either. Hey, listen, I, hey, look, hey, listen, brother, I'm here with you. You shouldn't. <laughs> when I was at Brown Hole, a whole lot of breweries came up to my table trying to get my sauce. Yeah, so, like, the, the reason the reason why I said contract brewing is because the brewery that I deal with a lot that's right five minutes up the street from my house, they do contract yeah. brewing. They don't, they don't give up none of their recipes. They go to that facility, they brew with their stuff, and they take their stuff back with them. Like, it's no, you giving my recipe or nothing. I pay right. you for that space, for that time. <laughs> And we brew that beer, and that beer comes back to me. Yeah. So they may be doing it closer to that, because I know a couple guys now, they, they're doing alternating proprietorship. So they basically own the rights to all their stuff. All right. they're doing is buying space to use their equipment, basically. And um, it, brother. I'm, I'm with you. Don't give up none of your stuff. None of it. Don't tell nobody else your stuff. Like, listen, man, the, my recipe that I had came up with, I put it out there, and next thing I know, another brewer had it. And it was my recipe. I came up with it, and another brewer ended up with it. So I'm just like, "What the hell going on?" But I come to find out that like that, there's no there's no loyalty in this game. So if you give up a recipe, that recipe one thing can be tweaked, and it's a totally different recipe on it. So I, I'm with you on that. Don't give up anything. Don't tell nobody nothing that you're doing, whatever else. I just want to try it. That's all. I don't care what you're doing with it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep right. your stuff together. I pray to God one day you have your own brewery open and you can do your own thing. Don't give nobody your crap. I'm 100% with you on that. And if you need so support, no, I'm here. It's kind of tough working with people because you want to do that. So, like, general stuff I could talk about, you know, and principles, even tricks to even help the yeast that you're using to perform better. I could do stuff like that, but my actual stuff that I do, that's that's not fair to me if you think I'm just going to give that up. <laughs> so no. so you said, did you say you came up with your, you got your own yeast that you're doing? So or using or? yeast that I use, I have a combination of them. Um, I have them separate and I have some blends. And basically I've been using it for the three years that I've been brewing. 
Okay, gotcha. And I gotcha. just propagate, okay. I just propagate newer ones, you know, at certain points to keep it as fresh as I can. And they're used to the harsh environment that I give them. So, you know, I could brew, a lot of my brews are brewed straight up. You, you, you do it and then permit it. And no tricks. Yeah. I mean, I don't try step feeding and all that. Sometimes that might be a little easier, but at the end of the day, it's just a, figuring out the right amount. So I'm kind of interested myself because I can see the change from when I went from smaller batches to 20, 30 gallons at a time. I can see the difference. Right. So that's what I'm kind of wondering what it's going to be like when I go on a full system of like seven barrels. What is that going to be like with the osmotic pressure on the yeast still trying to do that type of gravity? Like how much yeast am I going to have to use, you know? You just got to make sure your numbers are, are what they're supposed to be, man. I've been asked and approached by a couple of different people. Do I want to make uh, brewing or something around that lines my, my career? And I just keep telling them, like, I really can't because I can't leave my day-to-day -day job because of how much money I make. Like, I heard my man talking yeah, earlier about corporate point. America. Yeah, I'm like, I heard my man talking about corporate America, man. I, I don't like corporate America or not uh, at all. But that shit pays the bills. And the amount of money right. I make in corporate America, I can't make in crab beer. How much I love it, I just can't make that much money in it. I would, no, I would say this. You can, but it's going to exactly. take work to get there, right? And you've got to exactly. build that baby. So I already got ideas on how I'm going to do it. I got several ideas. I still got to run about a lawyer. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to work out ways that I can still keep my job till the baby gets big enough that I can go. You know, yeah. my man said it. My man said it earlier. I I got I got the the funds. I just need to make sure I can. If you need help, just let me know. <laughs> In other words, just make sure that we can we can get it off the ground, man. I really hate the fact that only two percent of the breweries across the United States are, are minority owned and black owned. I hate that. So so black it's gonna change. It's definitely gonna change. Exactly. Black beer. Yeah. DM me. Uh, I'll give you more details on on people that I work with that are looking to invest, especially in Black-owned businesses. Um, I'll tell you that side of things, because this is, honestly, this is the first day I'm talking about it publicly uh, on a live on that side of TLA. Like, Rick has already known about it. You know, he's talked about it with a couple people. Um, when Sizzle comes on here, we're going to, you know, when he makes it, um, if he does make it tonight, he did tell me, you know, there's a, there's a, um, something important that came up, you know? So, um, so, you know, he may not make tonight, but, you know, I have a project going that if you want to be an investor, no matter if you're looking at, you know, $500 or, you know, in some cases, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000, you know, as I tell people that are wanting to invest in businesses, you not giving me a fucking penny. I'm not touching any of your money. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to invest in. I'm not going to tell you how to invest in it. What I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the opportunities that I have that are, that have either been brought to me as an investor or that a business has come to me and said, Hey, I'm looking for this, da, da, da. I'm going to give you the business strategy that they have, my analysis of it, and leave it there. I say, if you want to go forward with this, this is the owner's name, the number. You guys, 
you know, you take it to your people, you take it to your lawyer, your advisors, uh, you do your own research. I'm going to tell you my general thoughts. I'm going to tell you my position with the company and what I'm doing with the company, give you all the information that you need to make a decision, but I'm not going to sway that decision. I'm not going to touch any fucking penny of what you do. You know, I'm not saying, hey, we're going to pull this. No, nah, bruh. Yeah. Keep your money where you keep your money. Don't send me a penny. What you work out, your final investment, I don't I don't need to know. Don't don't tell me about it. How often you talk to the owner, what y'all talk about, don't tell me about it. I don't want any legal liability on that end. That's a, that's the issue with us, man. Um and I don't, I don't want to get too deep into that, but I feel like that's been ingrained in us for so long, so many years, that we, we fight against each other instead of fighting for each other. Right. And, and I've told so many people that over the years, it's just like you can look at any other race and nobody else does that. Everybody else looks after each other, make sure their people are good, except for us. We yeah, want they to right. come together and get each other out the hole. And right. And right. Everybody gets something out of it one at a time. But us, we're sitting here looking like, nah, I don't want him to be where I'm at. But if you sit around and look at the next person, be like, oh, they're above me. And now you're trying to get where they at, but you don't have their leverage. So right. the only way that I feel like we can do that is to, to leverage each other and, and to figure out ways to support each other and do what we're supposed to do, man. Just like I just I just left for uh, Weather Souls, came to Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where I'm located at. I just went to Weather Souls, and it, it was like 20 people in Weather Souls. I told the, the, the bartender, I said, listen, I want to buy everybody a drink in here. And he was like, well, why you want to do that? I was like, I want to support you guys. It ain't got nothing to do with the people that's sitting in here. Right. It has something to do with supporting you guys, right? So that's the only place exactly. I visited tonight. So I just want to be like, I want to support you guys. You're the only black-owned brewery in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I want to make sure that you guys are taken care of. And, like, exactly. they just didn't understand that. They didn't get it. But, like, I'm trying my best to, under to get my people to understand that we got to support each other. If we don't, nobody will. Exactly, and, and, and that's our issue right now. But it's, yep. it's not even—it's not even only that if we don't, nobody else will. It is that if we don't, someone who sees the opportunity is going to come in with right. deep pockets and come right. in and take advantage of what we built. Let me you know, let me get my charger, and I'll be right back to answer that question. Let me get my charger. I gotta get my charger too. <laughs> I'm plugged in. Yeah, me. Well, I'm not plugged in, but I, uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good. I want to make sure because last time on there, man, at the last minute, I phone started beeping, so I heard him plugged it in. Like I'm staying in. <laughs> or have so, your phone? I I, I I have my phone. Uh, have my phone. My phone never died during the live stream. Not not that I know of, at least. Come on, man. But, I got a twenty thousand milliamp battery. You know, I got a big battery, a decent size. I got a bigger one upstairs. It looks like a book. You you attach it to the phone? Yeah, you no, I just plug it in. Um oh, so yeah, like my phone because my phone can charge stuff off too. Then I got one that got four hubs that you can charge four things at one time. So mm -hmm. I usually take that when I go to festivals and stuff, because you know you can't fly with it. That's how big it is. You ain't allowed to bring it on the plane. That's what I mean. <laughs> what I got right now is big enough that I can take on the plane with no problem. But I got one that's super big. Mm. So when I go to a festival, I can run, you know, if I bring my little thing that I can ring up money, it can run that, charge people's phones up, and it'll last pretty much the whole time. So. 
Yeah. Um, but like, I also keep some of that private as well because some people may try to steal the idea and then use it no, to take advantage of people in a, in a, uh, in a, um, a con type of way, so to say. Yeah. You know, uh, so that's why, and then I didn't really know exactly how I wanted to build it. Now I, ha now I know, like, as, a, as of a couple months back, when I said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and really do this, because I've invested in, I've invested in uh, other small businesses, just not liquor businesses, you know, um, but to do my research and to see just how like how dope it is to be able to do it in this industry, it's like man, this is you know like the other stuff is it really is just like you know X's and O's like you got to make sure their funding is this way, their margins are this, that their you know their overhead is this, that the accounts are appropriate here. No one's doing this. No one's doing that. You know, um, no one's, you know, you, they're doing the business transactions the way they're supposed to do them. You know, you're not living out of your business account. You're not fucking going and charging your business account for every little single thing. You know, you have, when you pay yourself, you have it, you have it noted in the business account that you're paying yourself and you yeah. do it on a, Basically, you know, a you exactly. You know, and you do it at on, not only daily basis, but do that shit on a weekly basis. You can vary how much you pay yourself, but do it on a weekly basis, you know, or a biweekly basis, but don't, don't pay yourself out every day unless you're paying your employees every single day as well. You know, like that's how, or like, you know, I, I helped a uh, a cleaning business open up, and it was like, okay, like you know how to clean. What you need to do is make sure you're timing your your cleaning process to get every single minute, pay for every single minute that you're there. Make sure you're as soon as as soon as you put your gloves on, you start that timer. Well, right before you put your t gloves on, you start that timer. You know, you have this down on paper to your clients. This is when that timer starts. You know, you have a, you have one person, only one person that takes the money, not anyone that's near there. That way you can keep, you know, you can keep control of theft. You can make sure that the money is going into the right business account. You know, at the end of the day, make deposits every day or have a set, you know, two days a week that you make deposits to the business account. Like don't be skimming it grabbing cash out of here. Make sure you're keeping all your receipts for your, your product purchases and everything. You know, that's, that's what that side of the business is. But like on this side of the business, it's like, hey man, like let's get into something creative. Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, you know, what blend are you doing? How do you taking it to the customer? How, you know, what's the marketing program that you're on? Like, what's the marketing approach that you're taking? You know, who's your target market? And trying to figure all that out. 
like that's dope as hell. Like doing that research and that's like and all that stuff is dope as hell. But then when you look at the figures, you're like, you know, you're saying, hey, this tequila cabal is amazing, and Jose Cuervo doesn't taste nearly like this. But then you look at the sales, and you see Jose Cuervo has sold 7.9 million bottles, million units. And the second bestseller is at like 2.3 or something like that units. You know, or like 3.2 units, something like that. You're like, hold on, wait, what? Like, Jose Cuervo does not taste as good as this. Then you realize why it's sold that much as opposed to it, it doesn't really come down to taste. My bad, fellas. It's all good. We all been there. We all been there. <laughs> it's all good. You get one minute and then poof. Yeah, I'm the next. Yeah. <laughs> I just went on one of my nerd raids anyway. One of my nerd fucking rants. Nah, you, he was talking yeah, about tequila, got- man, and, and tequila is starting to be my go-to right now. Um, it used to be um, like Crown. I was a Crown guy. I used to love Crown, but Crown started giving me a headache, hangovers, all that sweet stuff. And then I messed, up, I messed around and got Cosmigos, man, and, uh, went to, and, and went to Mexico like a month later. Yeah. And they had some, some tequilas in Mexico. I was like, hey, look, we ain't got none of this in the States. It don't, it don't even taste like this. Like yeah. 1800 and stuff like that. That was our number one stuff I go to. Whatever they had over there was killing it. Yeah. And I was like, man, the dude, because the dude, when we went to all the closer uh, resort, the dude was like, we got two different options for you. We got a, a, a top chef option and we got a mid chef option. Which one you want? I was like, man, you're joking, right? Like, I want a top chef. I taught you an option. So he was like, all right, so Top Chef is going to be local-owned breweries, I mean, um, distilleries, and, and their, their tequilas. So I was like, bet. I never had them before, so let's try them. Yeah. Man, it was one that came in a skinny bottle, dude. The, the neck on the bottle was about that big, and then the bottom of it was huge. And I can't remember the name of it to save my life right now, but that was some of the best tequila I've mm-hmm. ever had in my Sierra life. Sierra I don't want to lie to you. I don't even want to lie to you. <laughs> but no, it sounds like they put the, it sounds like they made the bottom like a decanter kind of thing. Well, I'm saying I'm trying to, how like how tall was it? The bottle the, the bottle probably was maybe maybe a foot tall, maybe a foot. It wasn't it wasn't all that tall. Um, but no, da, somebody said Don Julio. No, it no, was not Don Julio. Come on, check that out. It, it was like not it Don Julio at all. <laughs> no, it sounds like to me if Sieta Lake was was it a darker liquor? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like to me if Sieta Lake was extra Nyeho because it comes like it has like so have you ever seen Old Forester birthday bourbon? Yes, I have, yeah. So it comes in a very similar bottle okay. as, yeah. as that. Is that similar the to it? That was? Right. was that the bottle? It, it was similar had? to it. It was similar oh, yeah. to it, yeah. So that, that sounded like Sieta Lake was extra in Yeho. It was definitely in Yeho, but I was like, when I told the dude, I got the same bartender, man. I don't know how I did that every day. I got the same bartender. He was right outside my room, and it was a sw- we had a, like a swim-up casita. And I just went to him. He's like, hey, friend, I already know what you want. And he just gave it to me, and I would just tip the shit yeah. out of the guy because everything was already paid for. 
And the dude was like, at the end of the day, he was like, man, y'all been here five days. Y'all probably went through like 10 bottles. Mm. I was like, I was like, hey, listen, hey, it is what it is. And I told you, I said, so can I take some of it back? And he was like, mm, we can't give you a bottle. You might can go to the distillery and buy it. We was like, where is that? And we was like right outside of Cancun. And he was like, yeah, it, it, you got to travel a couple of hours to get it. I was like, nah, we're not about to do that either. Yeah. <laughs> Miss your flight, you can be down in Mexico for a little minute. <laughs> right. I don't play around in Mexico, man. Right. If it sounds like the one that I'm thinking about, they just now started really getting the uh, getting that bottle here in America. Uh, at least, in, at least here in Chicago, I know it's three hundred dollars. If it's the bottle that I'm thinking about, it's three hundred dollars for that bottle. Hey, Pop, I've tried every type of Don Julio, and no. No, <laughs> no. I was, just, I was just talking to uh, the Benny's, one of the Benny's managers, about that bottle as well. Like it's overpriced, man. It's like four hundred dollars for like. It, and, and what I try to get my people to see, man, if we travel internationally, you will see some stuff that you will never see here. Like the the type of liquor that we're talking about right now is just different over there. Yeah, so. It's what was the name of the what was the name of the um tequila you was talking about? He was talking about tequila cabal. No, no, no. I'm talking you said you think you may have known the bottle that uh Yeah, Sieta Legos. I spell that. It's S I E T E and then Legless shit. I don't know how to fucking <laughs> I'm halfway fucking high, man. So my man said this ain't this ain't no spelling bee. He don't know. <laughs> still there. Uh, man, you gotta do that, you gotta do that early. You don't do that early. Seven, that just goes on. Seven, man. Seven huh? legs. Seven legs, man. Gotcha. Hold on, wait. This one? No, that's the bottle right there. That's it. Yeah. See, I know my fucking tequila. I know that's my it. tequila. That's the bottle right there. X ring yellow. See? And that's and that's why I shook my head earlier because as soon as he described the bottle, he was like, Oh yeah, it's that. I think it's that. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, I don't, it may, I don't know. I was like, This this dude is so fired that like all you did was, oh, he got a little fat bottle with a little, you know, this, and he was like, Oh yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. That was because the reason why I asked for the spelling bee because I already knew that that was it. <laughs> because yeah. if you would have told me that it was taller, then I was actually just going to go underneath my shelf and be like, is it this bottle right here? Wait, wait, wait. What you got there, my friend? <laughs> oh, look at that. Uh, you've never seen my bar, have you? I haven't, but I'm going to tell you right now, I seen that E.H. Taylor behind your neck back there. Oh, that's so nothing. That's nothing. I, it might be nothing to you, but to me, <laughs> hey, <laughs> We talking about E.A. Taylor here. <laughs> I mean, I do have this on my bar. Hey, listen, we don't want to get up. We don't want to talk about it. You can put that up. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> That's Pappy, man. I've, I've had some so much bourbon and stuff that, that tastes better than Pappy, but not for that price. Have you had the rye though? Now I, understand I haven't had the rye, but I'm not. But I'm not a rye fan either. I'm a rye guy. Okay. I said I almost pulled out a rye pilsner for y'all boys, but oh, you gotta pull out a rye. Come on, man. <laughs> it's it's a whole uh crawler, so you know I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that. But no, I'm a rye guy. 
a lot of the a lot of the whiskeys that I have in my bar are rye. And this is probably the top three ryes I've ever had in my life. And that rye only comes out two to three times a year. So for the scarcity of it, that is probably the best rye that I've had in my life. I have to try it out. What, what, what's the name of it? I write it down. It's if Pappy I run Van across Winkle, it, I'll try it. It's Pappy Van Winkle. Pappy Van Winkle, Family Reserve Rye. Oh, you can't just, buy it's, it's, it's the Family Reserve. And, yeah, man. Hey, listen, I don't know what you got, what kind of connections you got. You know how hard it is to get the regular fucking Family Reserve? I got connections, man. I tell you what. This, mm -hmm. this is what I tell you. <laughs> You you get an extra bottle and you let me know and we'll figure I out how to fix it. We'll get figure out how to bottle. get it. You, you know what I mean? You got to come to the city. I'm about to come to Chicago then. An extra bottle, an extra bottle of that on the secondary market, I think it's like two racks. Like two, like 2,500, 2,200, 2,500. That's why I don't, see, that's why I'm there with Pappy right there. See, but I bought that at retail. <laughs> I bought that but that's what I'm saying. Like, if I can get it at retail, that's cool. But I'm not buying Pappy on the secondary. I don't think I have a chance to get that at retail. I bought so that at re, this at retail is 165 dollars. That's what I pay for this at retail. And that's cool. I pay that. Yeah. If I was, if I kept this sealed, and I said, you know what, I just want to sell it and make the profit, I would have probably made. Twenty three, twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars on there. How um is it? Is it aged or no? I is mean, it thirteen year, twenty three? It is. It's thirteen year Kentucky straight rye whiskey. So thirteen year, and it's under. It's not even bottled a bond. It's ninety five point six. Can I switch this around? Can I switch my camera? Hold on. Here you go. Yeah. Look at this bullshit. Who who doing that? <laughs> who doing that? I. There are so many people that actually buy that, though. There are so many people in this world that actually buy that. Well, listen, That's look at here. That's why they're at that price. Yes. Look, but, but look at here. I don't care how good it tastes. I never pay that amount. I would never pay that amount. Of I money won't for. either because I bought it at 165 Oh, you showing off, man. There's people. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's people that have millions that live in a state like North Carolina that will never get it there ever. Like they could, they could spend a million dollars and they would never get it. They say, "Oh, I can just pay twenty five hundred dollars for this, and just to have it as a showpiece on their bar." Twenty five hundred dollars to someone that my, would. My would, thing about it: if I paid twenty five hundred dollars for it, you stepped in my house, you better not even look at that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like I'm, I'm being honest. Like if you step in my yeah. house and I paid twenty five hundred dollars for that bottle, it wouldn't even be out for you to see it. <laughs> like I'm just I'm just being honest about it. So like I got a buddy that's like up there in Kentucky and stuff like that. Oh, I got the big bruise, man. Oh, yeah. Like, that like that? I ain't never seen Brick do that. <laughs> it was a no. sip. What you this, this was that, uh, what he sent me, my little taste oh, of Master Nobel. Yeah. Should I just put it away? That's the Master Nobel TLA pick. Now, I'm about what are you saying about your homies in Kentucky, bro? Now, I was just saying my homies in, in, in Kentucky said so they can get all that crap, man. But he was like, I can only get one. And the guy that I deal with up there, he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. He was like, Bobby, if I get it, you won't get it. 
Like he's he like, you just being straight up with me. He's like, if I get that something like that, you would you would never get it because I'll have it. Yeah. But he was like, stuff like that comes up to them, and that and like, cause he buys so much bourbon and stuff like that. He's like, he might be one of the first people online, but if he get it, it's his. Yeah, he's not selling. Yeah. Cause that that's the holy grail of your bourbon buying. That's the holy grail. It's like that's your thank you gift from the from the owner of the the liquor store or the you know or the manager is like, oh, you spent six thousand, seven thousand dollars here. Oh, right. Thank you. Here's right. you know because because those are the guys that are keeping that liquor store really in afloat. You know. Because- so let me ask you a question. So we're talking about bourbon and stuff. Have you had Broughton Brothers yet? No, I drink a lot more tequila than I drink bourbon. Okay, the reason the reason why I ask you is because they're the only black-owned distillery in Kentucky, and they came out with it. Oh, but the it, that Brothers? shit was so hard to get. The Barton Brothers, yeah. Need to talk to them, man. Hey, let's get this because I'm trying to go out there probably next month. Okay, someone to Kentucky. I'm trying to go out there and meet Sizzle out there. If you get a bottle, man. I'll yeah, pay, I'll send you money for a bottle. Yeah, because from what I've heard from other people, that the, the fucking bourbon is good, and the story the story behind them opening up is even better, bro. Like they sent them through so many hoops and loops. Yeah. The three brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. So they was yeah. like when they when when they first started trying to apply for their liquor license and stuff in Kentucky, like they sent them through so many hoops that other people didn't have to go through. Like they they'll tell you the story, but like it was just so much shit they had to go through. But now. Is worth it for them because they're the only black-owned distillery in Kentucky, and, and I don't know how much y'all know about Kentucky, but that means a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Like yeah. that means a lot. <laughs> so yeah, I plan a trip to meet him because I got to pick up a barrel from him, um, and then we was gonna meet there. That way I could meet with them because I think I know they've been getting it elsewhere and doing their spin to it. But their first, their new, their own bottles be coming out, you know, probably in a year or two. Yeah, because what they do is they get like M, they get like MGP, uh, they get like MGP sauce or like another one of the distillers like MGP. Like that's what most regular brands do is they get like MGP sauce or it's one of one or two other big, uh, big distilleries that just sell their tequila or sell their bourbon and whiskey. Um, and then they they put their own sauce to it, like Uncle Nearest. Uncle Nearest just um, I'm, I'm literally own their own sauce. Yeah, that's Uncle what I'm picking Nearest up. I'm picking up Uncle Nearest barrel, bro. So that, we we you're picking up Uncle Nearest barrel. Yeah, I just had a, I just had a conversation about that today. What's that? We're talking about Uncle Nearest and and um, Jack Daniels. Yeah, have y'all read the history behind all that crap, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that so that's just, that's the stuff that makes me mad, <laughs> right? So that's that's what makes me mad. But we ain't gonna get into all that. Um, yeah, I tried on the nearest, and it's great. So I mean, it is what it is at this point. I look at it, you know. Let's. I mean, to me, hey, let's talk about it. You know. Um, I think it's, that, it's TLA Thursdays. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I mean, well, we can bring uh, it up, man. Like the the, the I, thing about me, and that goes back to how this country was built on, right? So, like, 
I tell everybody all the time, like we can talk about Jews, we can talk about whoever you want to talk about, but let's talk about African Americans and Indians who probably lost the most in this country as this country was being built, right? So it was built off the backs of the slaves and, and, and off of the willingness of Indians to to give what they gave to, to white people, right? right? Like, just call it what it is. I mean, my thing, when we throw in the Indians there too, sidebar, and this is for my family, because my family was directly affected by what you're natives. talking about. Natives. Yeah, the natives. Yeah. So to me, so so my grandmother was half Bigfoot uh, and half mock Indian. So Cherokee over here. My grandmother was half Cherokee. Yeah. So yeah, I got Cherokee and Blackfeet more. Yeah. Right. So so when you look at the like, but my my grandmother, she was from the tribes that were the dark Indians. And if you look at history, a lot of the dark Indian, like a lot of the dark Indian tribes, meaning like, you know, the blacker, like, shade like this, you know what I mean? They were either white completely out because they didn't meet the, the brown bag test, or they went and registered as an African-American in there as well. And that's a part of the history that we don't like. Everyone tends to leave out throughout all of that as well. As if you're a dark complexion uh, Native American back then, you got either completely walked, you got completely wiped out, or you had to identify as black as opposed to who you really are. So, like, I I, I hang with a lot of white people, man, and I'm gonna put this out there because I need I need to make sure I voice this every time before I speak on stuff like this. I'm pro-black all day long, but I'm not anti-white. And I right, need right. people to understand that. I'm not against white people, but I'm pro-black all day long. Yeah. And, so just and, like... And, and, I'll, and I'll say this. For anyone that watches this on my channel, they know that I'm not going to bring on someone that's either militant this way or militant that way. You know what I mean? And that this is this is an educational conversation. Uh, right. If anyone has ever heard me on here, I have two set of parents. I have two parents that are white. And, you know, they're just as much, well, I shouldn't say just as much, but they're damn near as much as, you know, as great parents to me as my real mother, you know. Right. Um, so they know we talk about it openly, and I'm not going to bring, to me, an asshole and his asshole, and I'm not going to bring any assholes on this show. Right. And if you look at my great-grandfather, man, I just found the picture of my great-grandfather maybe two years ago. Picture me being white. That's how my great grandfather looked. Mm -hmm. Like, dude looked exactly like me, but he was white. So, that to me, that was fucking amazing. But my my whole point about this is, man, that um, I, I just think people need to educate themselves and not worry about what a school educates you on. Because when I started, I went to HBCU. So going mm -hmm. to HBCU showed me so much that I wasn't taught by going to a, P a PWI. And 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 that kind of bothered me, man. Like um, everything that I was raised on was incorrect or wasn't taught correctly, and and that's what bothers me, man. Like I was I was always taught that Christopher Columbus was the one who came to America, who found America, who blah 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 A B C D. Man, listen, right. I, I'm a firm believer. If you were my Facebook friend, every year you will see it. The only Christopher I acknowledge is Wallace. Right, I put that every year, bro. Every year, because because like. All right, let me let me back back a little bit. I don't know if you guys ever watched this, but if you haven't, I challenge you to go watch it. It's a four-part series called Four Colors. 
There's a documentary called Four Colors. Yeah. Four Colors goes back and digs into the African-American culture of America and before America, right? So we talk yeah. about Mormons all the time. A lot of people think Mormons was white. The first Mormons wasn't white. They was black, right? And it also talks about, like, um, the first people who ever was, was founded in the United States of America, right? So you have your Indians first and foremost, they was here before anybody else was, but then there was actually African artifacts that was found before Christopher Columbus even got here. Mm -hmm. Right. So that means somebody from Africa was, was selling over here, but nobody ever got acknowledgement of that. And that's what bothers me, man. Um, and, and I tell the people all the time, I'm from North Carolina. So like the massacre of Wilmington, I tell people all the time, look that up on, on Google. If you never heard about it. Like, I tell people all the time, like, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, look that up. Like, you need to understand what happened. Yeah. Like, when when we have something going good for ourselves, it's always been torn down. And, Lake, and to me, Lake, that bothers me. Like, the air? Yeah, it, it's happened in multiple places. Yeah. Right, right. I so, I mean, I say all that to say this, man. Like, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, even when it, it can get back down to beer and to bourbon if we want it to. Like, a lot of that stuff was built on the backs of uh, slaves and backs of Indians, and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that, but that's the truth. Right. And it, it needs to be put out there. It's 100% the truth. And I'll say this. We have to work... I'll put it to the Deion Sanders situation right now with the HBCUs. When it comes to, you know, Black Wall Street, you know, that's one thing, you know. And, but we, we have to look at the other way that we tear ourselves down as well. And we have to look at it from the perspective of you have some people that just don't want to do their part. You know what I'm saying? You right. have, like, when you look at, let's look at the Deion Sanders situation, Right. That man isn't leaving because he got a better offer from Colorado. That man is leaving because there's going to be trouble to come to that, to that university because someone did not want to do their part and they got greedy. They got greedy and it affected the football program. It affected his safety at the, at the university, it affected his, his family safety at the university and it affected it affected his him legally as well. He, so, he said it, man. The dude said it in a press conference. He they had just won a game, and at a press conference, yeah. he had just got robbed. At the press conference, he just got robbed. So, and, and and I hope a lot of people hear this, and I hope a lot of people see this. I come I come from HBCU, right? What Deion Sanders did for HBCUs, he showed you the blueprint. And he showed you how to get that money. He showed you what you needed to do in order to get it. So it's up to every HBCU to take that and, and to it. make something of it. Dion, what he's doing now is twofold for me. One, he's doing it for him and his family, right? Yeah. By him being in a power 10 school, that's helping him and his kids to make generational wealth. I 100% agree with it. Yeah. But so that's the second part. The second part, what people don't understand is that you have a man like Deion Sanders now at a power 10 school. He's going to take those kids who may not have been looked at by PWIs and he's going to bring them on. And he's going to lift them up and, and he's going to show Colorado is a white school. Let, let's make that clear. Yeah. yeah. But I guarantee you in two years, that football team is going to be more than 50% black. 
He brought oh, half of the people from Jackson State over to over to Jackson State. Did y'all see that press conference he had? <laughs> His son, he was like, this is so-and-so, and this is your quarterback. <laughs> he, he told them that day one, this is so-and-so, and this is your quarterback. See, and this Bro, is what like, I love. Yeah, this is what I love about Dion is that he's unapologetically him. And and this is what 100%. this is also this is also what I love about Dion is that all of us former athletes, I'm a former athlete, you know, my whole life, you know, is that a lot of us have had coaches like him. Like meaning like you like they're setting expectations. You're not going to do this. You're not going to be that. You're, you know, they're going to they're gonna let you know when you fuck up. They're not going to sit here and sugarcoat it, pat you on the back saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. They're going to let you know when you fuck up. And then they're going to, you know, they're going to pat you on the back after that and tell you I love you. You know, they're going to be tough on you. They're going to hold you to an extremely high expectation. And a lot of people in this, in the world, don't understand us as athletes, as former athletes and as athletes and stuff, because they don't understand that that's normal coaching. And right. people like that have gotten us to, to the, you know, pie. Well, uh, people don't understand that coaching like that pushes that player to a whole nother level to make them succeed at a higher level. You know, Kobe was that type of guy. Uh, LeBron, that type of guy, like Steph, that type of guy, MJ, that type of guy, you know, but you know, I'm being real about it because it's like when you either have that as a teammate or you have that as a coach or you're that person yourself and saying, you know what, man, I, I'm not about to accept mediocrity. You need to do this. You need to do this right down to the, down to the, every single step that you take, because as a baseball trainer, and I'm training my kids. I can, you know, I can let you sit here and do this bad and still be good at it, right? Or I can drill your ass and make sure that you do this every single step right to where now you don't, we don't have to worry about if you take this misstep or we don't have to, you know, or you take this wrong path that you might end up fucking up because you took the wrong path. Now we're making sure that you're going to, you're not going to fuck up because you took the wrong path and that you fuck up because it's mentally. And then we're going to work on your mental toughness. And that's what Deion Sanders is showing the world that these are the type of coaches that have made men like myself and other men successful. I mean, let's, let's refer to baseball. Aaron Judge just signed a nine-year, what, mm-hmm. 360-mil contract. Is that dude has been coached like that his whole life. He Which got lucky enough time? to have coaches like Dion his whole thing? life. And now that man making 360 up. mil. Is it falling hurt? You know what I mean? Sorry about that, guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. But, I mean, I, I agree with you 100%, man. I don't know if either one of y'all ever went to HBCU, man. But for me, HBCU was my best choice ever. I had the option to go to a bunch of different colleges, man, but I chose St. Augustine's College, and then I went to Winston-Salem State. That was, that was the best choice ever for me because of the way I grew up, right? 
So I grew up on the wrong path and I had a lot of shit that was wrong with me. And I don't want to get into all that, but I had a lot of shit that I was doing that I shouldn't have been doing, man. Um, and the HBCU gave me uh, a bit of self, right? It made me understand who I was and where I came from. Right. And for me, that that meant so much more to me than any other white school could have ever offered me, man. Um, and, and it wasn't sports. Like, I could have went to school for sports and stuff like that, but that ain't why I went to school. Um, I ended up joining the military, and I was so proud of this country, man, when I joined the military, dude, in 2002. I was so proud of this country, man. I was like, man, no, ain't nobody coming over here and fuck with us. I'm going to fight for us. We're going to do A, B, C, D. When I started to learn more about how this country was built and how it was built, bro, fuck the military, man. Like, I, I, and look, no, no, this, no offense to vets, because I'm a veteran. No offense to people that are currently in the military, but if you look at what this country was built on, man, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth yeah. it. Like Muhammad Ali probably said the best. Why would I go overseas and fight for somebody who can't fight for me here? Right. So, like, yeah. to me, to me, that makes a hundred percent sense like i'm sitting here fighting for this country but then i see my people struggling y'all won't fight for us mm -hmm. and so even back in the day when they was going through yeah. war like they were black folks were getting treated better right. overseas at the places that they're you know in the lands that they're fighting against better than the land they was fighting for right i mean to me you know we we got V up in the building with V. You got that thing in your mouth? To me, I, I look at it from a historical standpoint. And so you put it back in? Like you I, got it I, accept, yeah, I, I okay. look at well, it like this. Another hour, another 24 hours. That'll go away. Certain you things goes. happen that are just going to still you. happen. You know? Uh, and, and the world is Ooh. still very young. What up, beer girl? The, the world well, is still the very young. Us as humans. In the in the length the of history, you. No, nobody has in the length of history, but go ahead. We're still very young as a species. We're still very yep. young as a species. So right now, at this certain point in history, you could species, into the heels, right? That's what they are, told you. We are only four hundred years from like you might feel more comfortable with it in your mouth than without the it. official date of full blown slavery. In reality, this is what you wanted, really. really I want you to make sure so you understand that. You wanted to make sure that you can go through this process. It was going to hurt. And in some places, not until 1990. So we have to look at it right? from, look at the long from a historical standpoint and see the leaps and bounds that we've taken that from that. And it's like, okay, I don't like our past at all. The reason why I ask you is because I guess it's the mental approach that I take. I'll put it this way. I don't, I don't like our past at all. Because it's so strong. We are what we are. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, so and I'm going to appreciate what we have right now and not and try to move forward, look forward, as opposed to looking at the past and like, damn, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I have fucked up, but I can only change what I can change right now. Yep, but that's what you're telling you guys. But the thing is, like, you, you kind of, and I agree with you, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to go to the past, but you also got to know the past. You got to have some kind of connection to the past in order to go forward. Right. Because you got to start moving forward. You can't be stuck. Exactly. You can't be stuck. 
constantly think about what happened to me growing up and everything and the shit that I've been like shit fucked up I've been through I would be I wouldn't be able to move forward as fast as I as I am right don't now worry about it. you're gonna be alright it's gonna you know be alright like, 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 she, like, she had a week she was hurt I'd have had this happen to me I'd this happen to me you know what I mean you can't like, I feel like too many people that suffer from depression and, and anxiety and all these mental illnesses and everything, they've, ha- they've let past actions dictate their future steps way too much. I feel like learn from the past, but don't walk into the future scared. Like, if you walk in there too cautious, like, you're, you're not going to be able to succeed and, and grow as quickly as you can if you say, okay, that should happen, I learned my lesson, but I'm still going to take attack each day at my fullest and try to achieve as much as I can. And man, I got a I got a good friend of mine that I went to college with who's a counselor right now. And he he preaches about black black males going through counseling and how much it means for us to understand that it's okay to fail, that it's okay not to be on our A game every day. We've taught, we've been taught. Like I, I could talk, I could bring my mom on here right now. My mama tell you she told her son to never cry in front of a woman. Never. Right. Right. Like that that that's yeah. how I was raised. You have to be that strong person for your family when everything is all said and done. Like right now, man. I can tell y'all a true story. My daughter just had to go through a, a procedure that hurt her, but hurt me more than hurt her. But I couldn't yeah. let her see that. You know what I'm saying? Like it's and and, and to, to in today's society, that's not the right way. Like I mean, it's okay for us to to hurt, to cry, exactly. to to let stuff go. And as a black male, we gotta understand that, man. Exactly. It's okay. Like exactly. I tell my kids all the time, when they prove me wrong about something, I'm sorry. I apologize. Right? I, Daddy was wrong. I need my kids to understand that I ain't perfect. Exactly. And I ain't always been perfect, and I ain't gonna never be perfect. But exactly. what I am gonna do is always be here for you. That's all I want my kids to ever understand. Yeah. Right, so this this tough persona that we we think we got to carry on as black males, man, that's some bull crap, man. Exactly. Hey, listen, yeah. if one if one of y'all fellas need to cry, come talk to me. <laughs> Let me know, man. I ain't gonna judge you based off of that. That's stupid. We we exactly. gotta hurt and we gotta go through stuff just like everybody else do, man. Like I lost a daughter seven years ago, mm. December the second, bro. Like she was she was only fourteen days old. So every time around the beginning of December, I hurt, bro. It bothers me. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. But but I I need people to understand that like that 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 bothers me, bro. Mm-hmm. Seven years later, that bothers me, and I ain't even oh, get yeah, to know 100%. her. You know That's what I'm saying? So like, we we gotta we gotta be able to be okay with that, man. We gotta be able to be like, all right, look, I'd have been through stuff, and and it's okay to go through it, and I'm hurting. <laughs> Right, I'm hurting. Right, right. Like, people, black people don't get that, bro. Like we can, we can be vulnerable to the right people, man. And and we need to be able to have each other backs when I say that. And I really hate that we don't have the same backing for each other that other races have, man. Like I'm never gonna sit right here and say, "Hey, Kenny, man, 
you got more followers than I do. I don't like you, Kenny. You got more followers than me. But so many people do that crap, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're just stupid. Like, this yeah. is what, my second or third time I've been on here yeah, with you, Kenny? The, 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 yeah, the first time, that was, that, that was my first time, you know, meeting you or whatnot, you know, or having our exchange. And it was like... You know, Getting on here, talking beer, talking talking life with other brothers that's like me, that's in the same place with me, that's that's what I get off on, man. Like, yeah. that that means so much to me to understand that other brothers are going through the same stuff I'm going through, and they're seeing the same stuff I'm getting to, or even if they don't, to, to sit right here and say, oh, that brother's going through something that I might go through one day, and now I can see how I handle that. You get what yep. I mean? But we got exactly. so many people that's afraid of afraid to voice that, man. Like I got a partner now that, that lost his daughter. He don't even want to talk about it. I tell him every year, bro, you gotta let this go, bro. You gotta deal with this. I, I've lost a daughter. You gotta deal with that, bro. Like you yeah. can't just yeah. let that slide up under the up under the bridge and you think it it's over with. You can't do that. It's you up too much. Like you you have to when you lose a kid, so be candid on here. I've, I've lost two babies to Miss Kate. Sorry to hear that, bro. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, one was one was around seven months ago, you know, and it was with my wife, you know, and uh, so it shit hurts, you know, like you just said, like your baby was 14 years, you know, 14 days old. You know, so, you know, and it doesn't like if you want to be a real father, and that's that's what we got to get at here. If you want to be a real father and you love your children from the time that you know that there is a child in your wife's or your spouse's or whatever bellies, and you want to be a real father, you have that attachment immediately. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. So I mean, so all right. So for me, let me let me explain to you how it worked for me, right? I knew my wife had a baby, right? I was more concerned about my wife. So my wife was going through some things, and she had to go to a doctor's appointment. Around the doctor's appointment, they they found out that she didn't, the baby didn't have enough fluid around the around her, right? So they was like, we got to admit you to the hospital. And then my wife, um, her blood pressure kept spiking. And it was like, if we don't get this baby out of your wife, then you could lose both. So the doctor's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, listen, get that baby out of my wife because I'm not about to lose her. You get right, what I'm saying? Right, that right. was my whole thing about it. Like Me not thinking as a man that it's going to hurt you too to lose that kid. Yeah. Right? So, like, when the kid came out, man, they told us straight up, they was like, it's a 50-50% chance of the baby living. So in my mind, as a black male, I kept telling myself, all right, this baby ain't going to make it, right? It's a 50-50% chance. So I told myself, as long as I'm not attaching myself to this kid, I'll be all right. That's what I kept telling myself, man. Well, so, true. But, but, but hold on. So the doctor came to us one day. The doctor was like, your daughter's doing well. We've never seen somebody do this. Now it's a 70% chance that she's going to live, right? So I named the baby after that. I started feeding her, started changing her. Middle of the night, one night, we got a phone call. And my wife is a nurse. So she was like, hey, listen, baby, I'm not answering that. You answer it because no doctor's ever going to call you at 11, 12 o'clock at night with good news, ever. So I answered the phone. The doctor said, oh, we need y'all to come in right now. So my wife is, she's tore all the pieces at this point. 
she know what's going on. So we get to the office and the doctor tells us like your, your daughter has um air bubbles in her blood system. And I was like, I don't know what that means. I'm I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor. And he was like, Mr. Teasley, the way I can put this is if you had air bubbles in your blood system, I give you a fifty percent chance of living. You, your body's fully developed, and I give you a fifty percent chance of living. But your daughter being the age that she is, we give her a two percent chance. So the only way that we can that she can survive is for her to go through surgery, right? So went through surgery and they came out, man. Probably not thirty minutes late. Said we lost her, we got her back and lost her again, and we couldn't resuscitate her. Bro, I'm gonna try to tell you right now. For my wife, I tried my best to be as strong as I could, but I broke down. I broke down like that. To me, that was like. I named that baby. I fed that baby. I've changed that baby. That's my baby. It broke me down, right? So as a man, as an African-American man, that's probably one of the lowest points of my life. Yeah. And I had to deal with that. I had to talk to people about that. I had to, I had to get people to understand what I went through, man. Um, and, and it's a lot. And for us as African-American men, we're taught so much that we have to be so strong because even that dates back to slavery too, right? So, like, that's how they broke our families. They took a man away from his family and broke him down, right? That's how slavery worked. But it's okay. And, and that's what I'm telling you three right now. It's okay for us to be vulnerable. It's okay for us to yeah. cry. It's okay for us not to be strong at times. I mean, that's just what it is. That's life. Is. So is. if anybody's around here telling you you got to be this strong man, I'm here to tell you you don't. And 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 this is outside of beer, man. That's a that's a true story. <laughs> that's something I don't tell most people, but that that's something that as an African American broke me. As an African American man, that that broke me, and and, and I had to build myself back up from that. And and I'll I'll say and and that's what I was saying. You wanted to be a father. You named your baby. You like this is something that. African-American, whatever, you know, if you want to be a father, especially us as black male fathers, like, and you get that attachment to your baby, and I guarantee, like, you had that attachment to your baby, but you had to tell yourself, you're, you're subconsciously, you're telling yourself, I can't get this attached to that baby. Right, because she's not going to be because here. I, right. Because I know that. She's not, she not going to make it, right. Subconsciously, you had to make that decision. Well, you consciously and subconsciously you had to make the decision. I'm going to choose my wife over the baby. And you probably you have other kids as well, right? Yeah, I got two older kids. Yeah, I got a 17 year old right now and an 11 year old. So, so that that plays into it as well, because you're thinking you don't like you. You have to subconsciously you're still going through and saying. My other kids need their mama. I need my right. wife. You know, right. like right. it's a different, like it's a different thought process when you have children already, than if that's your first baby. You know, or that's your only, you know, that's your first baby. It's a different thought process for you and for your wife. And so at that point, it's like, hey, my my babies that are already here need my need their mother, and I need my wife. You know. And then you got that attachment. It's like, man, like that that's yeah, man. That's and when and when you don't deal with that stuff, man, I'm here to tell you from personal experience, it has downstream effects, right? So me and my wife did not deal with that the way we should have. 
and downstream effects, man. Like one night we sit up in the bed and I just around December the second, that's when my, my daughter was born, like around December the second, I just started crying. Like yeah. and my and I don't do that around my wife, man, but I'm just sitting here thinking about what could have been. You get what I'm saying? And so I'm just telling yeah. my wife, like, you know, we never really sat down and talked about this. Like we dealt with the funeral, we had the funeral and everything, but we never sat down as a as a couple, as husband and wife, and had this conversation. We never did that. About one. So of we babies, sat down. Yeah. We sat down, bro. And we had a conversation about it. all we could do was hold each other. That was it. So I mean, I, and I know this is getting off the topic of beer, but like, no, it, it, it all digs back into it, man. Lying, because we man. can't. We, we talk about everything, man. Yeah, we yep. can't. We, we can't mean? sit here and and act like things don't affect us that affect other people. We right. can't do that. The the right. persona that African American men are so so much stronger than other men that's bullshit. We yeah. we hide our emotions, we hide our feelings, and sooner or later it comes out. Like I think I tell people all the time, the persona of angry black men is a hundred percent real. That's a hundred percent real, bro. Like we we're angry because we hold so much shit in. And then we let it out all at once. And, and that ain't the right thing to do, right? We need to deal with our situations and deal with our issues then and there and, and let it be what it, what it be, right? So, like, if I can't deal with it, I got to go talk to counsel. I got to talk to somebody else to get over this. So be it. But I can't sit right here and feel like that I'm too strong that I can't talk to somebody about what I'm going through. Right. And yeah. to be honest with you, man, I wish that people that grew up like I grew up, I wish that I was more vulnerable. I wish that I was, I was softer, um, because some of the nightmares that you end up having right. when you are like forced, like you're fucking beat to not have, you know, uh, it's it, it's crazy, man. And then you see. This is my biggest issue that I had to come to I had to come to Jesus moment with is when I see when I see uh the negative effects that I pass on to my baby because of how I grew up and because of because of what I had to go through. You know, like you know I'll tell you guys like I grew up getting the shit beat out of me. Like, the absolute shit beat out of me. I had things ripped out of my ears. I had Heard that. food jumped <laughs> on my head. You know, like, I didn't, I, I got an ass whooping, like, like a serious beating every single night from my, my, uh, from my stepfather. And it was just because I would just sniffle the wrong way and he'd beat the shit out of me. You know, like I got seriously fucking beat, and, and, then, so, and subconsciously, man, he's getting that from what how he was raised, right? You know, so so I got that, and then I had a father that went from being a police officer to being a crackhead, and at the age of eight or nine years old, I went up like I saw my dad. He was he was sitting on the side of the road by this laundry mat that was prominent in our in our hometown. And I went up to say, hey, and hug him. I'm so excited to see my dad at this point. He was a cop. But yet this man, like a year later, is right here. 
You know, right. I'm so excited to see him. I ain't talked to him in two, three years. He don't even recognize me. He don't even recognize his own son. And he asked me for money. And then he keep walking off because I said, I don't have any money, daddy. Didn't even act like I even called him daddy. Didn't even act like he knew his son. Nothing. I'm like, right. all right, man. You know, I, I couldn't cry because it was just a, a heart, like a heart. So, so to piggyback on that, man, um, another thing that's wrong with our race, in my opinion, is that we have a lot of absent-minded men in, in, in our relationship, right? So, like, for example, my, my dad, right? And subconsciously, man, I had to actually talk to a therapist to figure this out, bro, like, all shit aside, that subconsciously, I'm my dad and don't even know it. You get what I'm saying? So my dad was, wasn't in my life the way that I felt like he should be. So me and my brother, I think he's actually watching now. So me and my brother got the same mom and dad. And it was one time my dad came to pick my brother up and took my brother fishing. Then picked me up. Get what I'm saying? And so, like, deep down inside, that, that, that broke me. I went back into my room. I got dressed. You know what I'm saying? Brushed my teeth, took a bath, everything. Like, yeah, I'm about to go with my pops and whatever. But they was gone already. Get what I'm saying? But I tell right. people to this day, I got two girls, man. I got a 17-year-old and an 11-year-old. And they're, they're my life. That's who I live for. That's why I do everything that I do for today because of them two. And I tell people all the time, that man showed me so much shit how to be a father that I can never take that away from him. Like, regardless, of, he's dead now, but regardless if he know it or not, that man showed me and taught me so much shit. He taught me what not to do for my kids, bro. And that, that alone is worth more than anything he could have ever taught me and did for me. You showed me what to never do for my kids, and that's why I'm the father I am today because of my dad, right? So my two girls right now, and Steve Harvey said this, and this is just a joke, so don't nobody take this serious. I kill all y'all for my kids. You get what I'm saying? I kill hey, all y'all for my kids. And, and that's no how joke. I feel Ain't no joke to that, man. Yeah, and that's how I feel way. about it, man. Like, I've, I've told my oldest daughter who's 17, and y'all know when they get around the age, they start feeling themselves and shit, thinking they on their own. I just <laughs> told my daughter, I said, you would never understand the love that I have for you because I love you more than I love myself. And I told her, I said, at, at no point in your life should you ever love your father more than you love yourself. And, I, and I, I legit told her that because it's the truth, man. Like, she's not my kid. I'm not her kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, I brought her into this world. I love her more than my life itself. Right. And that's what I try to tell my 70-year-old. So I only want the best of you and everything that I tell you is to, to put seeds in you to hope, hopefully help you one day to grow. But, man, sometimes she tests me. <laughs> she, right. And she, she tests the hell of me. But I say all that to say this, man. Like, um, my dad showed me something that, that I think is invaluable. Even though he wasn't a real father, he showed me what to never do for my kids. And, and, like, I don't Facts. care where my Facts. kids are. I don't care what my kids are going through. My, my daughter can kill somebody today. I'm taking that rap for her. She, as long as she come tell daddy what she done did, I'm taking that rap for you because I live my life. And my responsibility as a father is to make sure that you can live yours. Right? Mm -hmm. I feel for any parent who's ever lost a kid before they lost themselves because that's, that's a feeling that nobody can ever understand and it can't be explained. They can't. They can't. Like, oh, and, I mean, and Wendell, I don't know if you have any children, Wendell. Kenny, I think you don't have any, right? 
Nope. Wendell, you have any kids? I found out I got one I don't know yet. Oh God. That's man, and, and see that's the thing, man. Like that, 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 that's even worse. <laughs> you say you found out you you just found out you have one? Yeah, and he older, so that's even worse. Right. It is. And 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 that ain't for you to blame. That's that's the parent to blame. They knew they had a the kid, they should have let you know. Right. So Hey, listen, man, I, I feel your pain, bro. I was 20, 21 years old when I met my older sister. <laughs> 20, and, and listen, I have two sisters with the same damn name, and they're a year apart. Not even a year apart. Less than a year apart. Two sisters, same name. They let you know what kind of dude my daddy was. <laughs> yeah. well, that that sounds like my daddy. Uh, that sounds like my brother's daddy. My brother uh, didn't meet his daddy until his grandfather's funeral. My brother was like 25, 26. Mm. And his daddy didn't even say anything to him. But his sisters, his sisters said something to him. And now his sisters are a part of his life um, and knows his, his sons. And like his sons know them. But like his brother doesn't know him. And his, his dad, his dad passed away, I think, and didn't even have didn't even put my brother in the will. Like, put, no, not, not in the will, but didn't even put him in the obituary or something of that nature. And it's like, you know, my brother still hurts to this day for that. You know, yeah. he still hurts so when, to this day. When my pops died, man, um, they introduced us to a girl that we all knew that could have been my sister. But after he, da- after he died, she wanted to be on the obituary. We was like, nah. <laughs> They ain't about to happen. Like we we don't we don't know for hundred percent sure. My dad never disclaimed her, but he never claimed her either. And like yeah. to this day, I don't necessarily know if that girl's my sister or not. And that's oh, just yeah. a that... yeah. No, I'm saying if I if me as a father, I didn't do some wild shit in my old days. In my young days, yeah. I did some wild shit. You know, so if I was to find as a father right now that I had a baby out there that I didn't know about. Like, with the father that I want to be and that I am to my son, I'm the like, well, shit, send me my fucking baby right now. Like, I need to, like, or right. where's my baby? I'm going to see my baby. Yeah. You know, like. Dude, I just, I just got cussed at my oldest daughter two years ago. Hmm. 17. But do you know how much that meant to me? I, I get these last three, four years of, of you being a kid before you become an adult. Like, that that shit to me, like, you can see the smile on my face, bro. Like, I'm ecstatic about it. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, I got opportunities because I've positioned myself to be in a good position to raise my kids. Right? Like, I tell everybody all the time, I'm fortunate in, to be in the position I'm in now because if you looked at me when I was a kid, I should have been locked up in jail somewhere. The stuff that I did when I was younger. But now, like, I had a conversation with my daughter not so long ago, less than a year ago, about guys. And I had to flat out tell her, look, your daddy ain't the guy that you right thought. Hold on. Nah, Hold on. Kenny is, though. Kenny is. But I don't see you see, freezing. Everyone else, to me, is freezing. So that's why I say, that's why I ask if I'm freezing. I'm nah, you're not, you're not freezing. I don't see myself freezing, but I see Kenny and the other dude freezing. Okay. Right. No, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, 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 you good, man. So th- that's one of the hardest things I had to tell my kids is just like, 
Daddy ain't the guy that you think he is, right? So I've been wrong, and I've, I've been a sorry dude before in the past. Like, I am who I am, and I'm, I'm unapologetic for that. But I'm here, to, I'm here as your dad to let you know that this is what most guys are going to try to do. I got girls. You get what I'm saying? I, I got girls, so I know what these dudes are going to be trying to do with my kids. And I'm just trying to get them to understand and see. Hey, Shadow, come here. Come here, hey, go to your cage. Come here. I'll be back, guys. Hold on. Hey. All right. Yeah. I got one upstairs, one dog upstairs, and one down there with me. A big-headed boy down there laying on his bed. Am, 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 I, am I back? Am I still breathing? What are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Moving yeah, slow. To me, to me, everyone has a circle of death. To me. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. On my screen, nobody has it. Old boy hasn't moved in, like, the last two minutes, though. My guy with the, the red hat on, he ain't moved in the last two minutes for me. Are you, Greg? Hold on, wait. Nah, I ain't see you waving either, bro. So, Pi. <laughs> you waving. Pi, you're the ultimate vote here. Send us what, you, uh, what you're seeing. I'm, I'm so, going to close out, though. I'm going to close out and see if that helps. Because what I'm saying is because this live, I, I post the first live, you know, and I like this has been a great conversation. We were supposed to have Sizzle on, but Sizzle had a family emergency, so I completely understand why he's not on here. But I do want to post this because, like, this is some shit that we people need to hear, and that I like that us as black men, us as individuals, need to be a part of this conversation. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and it's a great conversation that we had. So what I was thinking about is closing this out and then starting a new live uh, with everyone coming back. Because you look clear. I look clear. Kenny's frozen. Damn. And my wow. man, he's been going like in and out. Like, yeah, you're moving like slow motion. So I can see you moving, but look like you're like. Right. And to me, <laughs> everyone else. All three of y'all are in slow motion. <laughs> so, beer girl says everyone but me. So, to me, every like, so beer girl said everyone but me is freezing. So, what that tells me is the connection is bad. So, what? Um, I can get it later on, but I don't think I need to bring it in right now. See, but Did everybody, everybody leave. No, you're good. No, uh, Kenny left, and now Window has a circle of death. And but you're good. Yeah, same, same thing for me. You're fine, but old dude got the circle that's going around the circle, and I can't see him. But now yeah. it's just me. And you. So I think they're gonna drop out and then try to come back in because yeah. it was but, their connection. But, but I agree with you, man. Like, um. My whole thing is to bring more minorities into craft beer, but stuff like this needs to be talked about. Like this, this is a stuff that as African Americans, as, as minorities, we don't talk about. And it's a conversation that need to be had. Um, and it's okay for people to be vulnerable, man. And that's and that's the issue that we don't understand that. There you go. I can see him moving now. I, mean, I can see you now, my guy. It's a very important conversation that we all need to have. Um, 
And I'm happy to, to have a platform that we can have this conversation about. Because, right. you know, to me, this is about life. You know what I mean? Yep. Like this, this is when we have our beers, when we have our cigars, when we have our, you know, our tequila, we have our bourbon, you know, as guys, this is what we're talking about in the garage or ba- out back or the cigar lounges and everything like that. This is what we're talking about as we're, we're drinking our libations and we're smoking our, you know, fucking cigars or, or bouquets, whatever you want to call it. Like these are the private conversations that we're having with our yep. OGs or with our bros and everything. So to me, it's like to be able to have this conversation on on uh, on this platform, on my platform here, as opposed to the regular like laughing and and bullshitting, which I don't always do. I don't like to always do that. Yeah, uh, this is great, and this is something that you know people need to see in public us having this conversation. Right. I agree with you. Yeah. Like I said, man, for, for for me, we need to understand that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay for us to cry. It's okay for us to go through things. And, and, and that's, to me, that's the number one issue with African-American men is that we hold so much stuff in and then it all comes out at once. Right. And for me and for me that that's our issue with everything. So like whether it comes out in front of our families, whether it comes out in a conversation with somebody else, or whether it comes out in counseling, whether it comes out it it doesn't come out in the appropriate way, right? So we need to be speaking about this stuff to each other. Like I got a set of friends that I can call to talk about anything. Like I can legit call them today crying. They're like, Bro, what's going on? You need me to come down. They're not even from where I'm from. You get what I'm saying? But right. these cats that I know that are my true friends, because whenever I need them, they'll drop everything and come and come to me. And it's likewise, same thing for me. Like if they need me, I'm I'm dropping on a drop of a dime and go see what they need to, to have a conversation with them, to talk to them and let them know that everything is going to be all right. Right. So like I had so many friends like during COVID hit me up, man, saying, listen, dude, like me and my wife working from home now. We ain't never had to do that before. We going through it. Like, I, right. I, I've never had to deal with this before. Like, I'm seeing her 24, 23, how many ever hours a day. And and we ain't never had to deal with each other like that. And exactly. I'm flat out telling them, like, look, it's you love your wife. Yeah, it's, it's different, right? So, and, and I keep telling people all the time, man, it's okay to miss your spouse. It's right. okay. I mean, I, I try to get my wife to go to other places and do different things with her friends. Like, I try to. Like, go out and, and, and don't call home and, and don't check on us. If something's wrong, I'm going to let you know. Exactly. Like, go out, exactly. enjoy yourself, and find out who you are and, and have fun with yourself. You might go out and find out you don't even want to be with me no more. And that's okay. And that's okay. As yeah. long as you found it out. You know what I'm saying? But go out and, and understand who you are, where you come from, and, and you need to be able to release everything that you got inside of you without me being around. Yeah. I tell my wife all the time. Will Smith said something. I don't necessarily agree with their relationship that they have going on, but Will Smith said something that resonates with me so much, man. I can't be the reason why my wife is happy. I can't. My wife needs to learn how to be happy without me. And then when we come together as a couple, we can make each other happy. But I can't make her happy. She has to be able to make herself happy. Exactly. Because you don't want to become that codependent person. You don't want to be that, that, like, because... 
if if this person is not genuinely happy, then you can never genuinely be happy. Because at that yeah. point you're to you're you have you have too much responsibility to make another adult happy. When it's Correct. when it's hard for you to make your own self happy in general. So yeah. now I gotta make I gotta make myself happy and I gotta make my wife happy. And then at that point you start to get that resentment of like, well shit, I can't like well, this is going to make me happy, but if I do this, and this is going to piss off my wife, then it's like, you know, like it's it's that ultimate catch twenty two, where it's like no one's going to be, no one's going to end up happy in a marriage, and no one's going to end up happy yeah. in the house because your kids are going to be affected too. Right. Yeah, you got to make yourself happy. You know. What up, Chad? And that's something a lot of people don't understand. Well, find man. yourself. Yeah. Actually, you know, if you know who you, you wear, who you are, you're bringing something to the table to add. Like we're supposed to be even stronger together, right? Exactly. You know, we both approach it before we go together, and we still gonna be persons while we together. And then there's things that we're gonna do together, but you know, you still gotta be your own person, bro. I'm, I'm this conversation here. I've had with my wife so many times, bro. Like me and my friends, we go out of the country, we hang out all the time. At least two times a year, we're doing one of the two. And I just told her, you got to find a set of friends that you can do that same thing with because you, your happiness can't all reside within me, right? Your happiness can't always be with Bobby. You got to have happiness somewhere else. I've told my wife, like, go out with your, your sisters and stuff and go have fun. Don't call home. Right. Don't call home. Like, don't worry about home. If something's wrong, if, yeah, if something's wrong, I'm gonna, you're going to know about it, right? So don't call home. Go out, have your fun. Do your little flirting. Whatever you got to do, just go out and have fun. We'll be going to have fun, but but understand you 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 coming home. If you get what I'm saying, understand you coming home, but but find your happiness, find what you like to do outside right. of me because I, I can't be your your go all be all. I just can't exactly. be that person. Exactly. And I told my wife, I said, look, yeah. as long as I don't have a motherfucker knocking on the door, talking about this, talking about that, and making or texting me or whatever. I don't care what the fuck you do. I'm not going to waste my time trying to control you at such a level. I trust you. I trust you're not going to do anything to hurt me. That's the thing right there, right? You know, I trust you're not going to do anything to hurt me, and I don't, I don't care about the details. I just trust that you're not going to bring something home or do something that is going to disrupt me as your husband and disrupt this household. You know, a bunch of different people. They looking at you. <laughs> hey, because <YG. laughs> I had the camera on you. But yeah, I I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah, like, um, like, so to me, but no, I I look at this as a husband and and just looking at it from a spouse wise, and, and this is what I learned from my my uh, this what I learned from my pops. He's like, bro, you can't change what you can't change. And, you know, you can't be everywhere. Yeah, right. Know, you can't be everywhere, so why stress yourself out and stress out the household worrying about what well, she shit may, that may not be doing? Right, you right. you can't hand, you can't control the shit, you know. But so, yeah. so, so let me so let me tell you something, man. I got a partner um, that stays in uh, Atlanta right now. He's married, married, three kids. Now, when I say three kids, I'm talking about all of them, all three of them up under five years of age. So dude called me one day, he said, man, um, 
you still in Charlotte? I was like, yeah, I'm in Concord, right? Right, right outside of Charlotte. He's like, I might need somewhere to stay tonight. I was like, bro, just let me know what time you be here. I talked to my wife about it. We have a conversation, and you got a place to stay, right? But I'm in my mind, like, well, why, why you need somewhere to stay? You got your own place in, in Atlanta. Are you coming up here for a game or something like that? He's like, no, I just found out my wife cheated on me. I was like, oh, you did? He was like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so so what do you mean? He's like, I can't stay with her after that. I was like, listen, man, the shit that I know you done done, <laughs> The shit that I know you the nut, like, <laughs> like, so you just up and leave because because of that, right? So he was like, "What you mean?" He's like, "Well, do you, I, I told him myself, listen, man, I got a different type of relationship with my wife, right? So for me, now I'm not saying this for my wife because my wife feels different, but for me, my wife cheated me. That ain't that ain't the end of us. That's not the end of us for me, right? Now my wife feels totally different." Totally different, right? Like, she don't play with that bullshit like that. But I'm telling him, I was like, if she knew that his wife then caught him doing stuff and she stayed there. You caught her doing one thing, but you ready to leave. She got her leg back, bro. Why yeah. right. mad because she got her leg back? And, and so what I told him, what I said, bro, that's what she doing. She That's get back. She know what you did, so now she paying you back. And then you want to leave. Huh? We having a conversation about life. <laughs> I, look, but, but no, I that's that's a that's a legit conversation I, I had with you. I would have told my bro, you soft as hell. Soft <laughs> as hell for that shit, because you did you go out there, you do what the fuck you do, but you can't take you it. Exactly, yep. you soft as fuck. But but you, you know what though? But you know what? That's ninety percent of us. It's 90% of us. We can go out and do whatever the fuck we do, but when I, when I do that shit, we can't take it. That's 90% of us. Look, man. Ignorance is bliss. That is my motto to my happiness. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't look for shit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't look for shit. I ignore shit. If I yeah. don't have anything knocking at my door, I don't have a DM. I trust my wife has honored her vows. I don't Likewise. care if she goes out with a ring on, ring off. I don't care. I trust you to honor your vows. I'm not going to go looking for shit. I'm not looking at your phone. I'm not trying to look at your DMs. Nothing like that. My wife is a beautiful woman. I don't want to see it's her fucking DMs. I know what fucking nasty-ass motherfuckers do to beautiful women when it comes to their DMs. I don't want to look at her DMs. I don't care. I don't care. She's out. She's, she says she's out getting her hair done. I trust that my wife is out getting her hair done. I do not care if... I, don't, I do not care to make sure that she's out getting her hair done. She told me she's out getting her hair done right now. That's what I'm going to believe. And Bro, I'm you just y'all. Y'all just saw my wife. Here it is. What? Ten o'clock, and I ain't seen my wife since one. And no questions being asked. And no questions right. being asked. Like, I mean, we we for me, we have a partnership, and we build more than just a relationship, right? So 